Now have us turn to Matthew chapter 2. We'll be reading verses 1 through 23. Please stand when you find your place in reading God's holy word. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will be shepherd, my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. Behold, the star they had seen when it rose went from before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take this child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted, because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take this child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Let's read the word. You may be seated. We look at this passage. You may wonder why we didn't cover this last week. This is usually a traditional part of Christmas week when we look at the wise men, the magi. But I think it's important to, to understand that that it wasn't a scene like most of our mangers have where you have the shepherds and the animals and then on the other side you have the wise men with, with the angel in the center with Joseph and Mary on each side. But the wise men did not worship at the same time the shepherds did. So what time did the star appear? They, that's what Herod later will ask them. You know, it is at least two years later that these, these wise men come. Christ has been born, amen? amen. Christ is alive today question I'm going to ask throughout this is you have been told that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, has been born that he has died for your sins and is now sitting at the right hand of the Father what are you going to do about it? does it make a difference in your life? I pray that it does understand 
who, who these wise men were. Why did they come to Jerusalem? Well, part of that could, can be answered when we study the, the Old Testament prophet Daniel. He, he was taken away into slavery with, with his friends, Redshak, Meshach, and Abednego. They were taken in, into the land of Babylonia and later would become Persia. And what, what happens there? They, they are trained up in, the, in the, the way of the Babylonians. And Daniel is very blessed and similar to Joseph in Egypt. He rises to be the number two in command. He was a very wise man and he was a prophet of God. And, and God told him things and he, he wrote these down in a book. Some that, that we read in, in the book of Daniel. And others surely that the, the wise men would have ascertained. They, they would have been disciples similar to in those days the, the religious leaders considered themselves disciples of Moses. We consider ourselves disciples of Jesus. And so these wise men would have considered themselves disciples of the prophet Daniel. And so that is how, how we see they, they knew that there would be a sign in the heavens telling them that he has been born king of the Jews. What does that phrase mean, born king of the Jews? Does it mean that one day Jesus will become king of the Jews? No, it means that he has been born and he is now the king of the Jews at, at his birth. And this upsets Herod, and we'll get into him in just a minute. I, I hope none of us react to the good news of the gospel as, as Herod did. They, they saw it, what, what they describe as a star. Now, now we can look out in, uh, with telescopes and look out into the stars at night. You're going to find it very hard to find the star that they found. Why? Well, first of all, they, they see a star that just appears the night that Christ is born. And then the star guides them to Jerusalem. And so the star would have to go from east to west. But later on, the star reappears to them, and it goes from Jerusalem down to Bethlehem. It goes north to south. I don't know about you, but physically, scientifically, that is impossible for a star to do. And so if we were to look at what does the, the word that we use for star here mean in the Greek, it means radiance. It is my belief that this is not, in fact, a star, but the glory of God revealing himself to these wise men, these magi, so that they will come and worship his son. Just like God has revealed himself to all of us so that we will come and worship Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So I guess the first question is, when you hear the good news of Jesus Christ, what is your reaction? Does it excite you? Does it excite you? We think of the little kids on, on Christmas and how they're all excited about the presents. We should get that excited even more that Jesus Christ has come into this world and has been born. I left the candle burning so that we understand the light is still on. It's not just on Christmas. Jesus is still alive. He is still sitting in the right hand of the Father. He still pleads on our behalf. We should still come and desire to worship Him and, and rejoice each and every day we get to do so. How blessed are we? I want you to think about this. The shepherds worship Jesus in the manger. The wise men, two years later, are the next ones recorded in Scripture that come to worship Jesus. Where is everyone else? Where are all the people the shepherds told about? They said they pondered and they, they had this awe in their hearts. Why did they not go and worship the king? There are many who are told about the good news of Jesus Christ. But how blessed are you for believing it? And being able to come and worship, not just here on Sunday, but each and every single day. We think about, about these wise men. I would not consider them wise for their earthly knowledge, although they had that in buckets. 
They would have been men very similar to, to men of our day with PhDs, the, the cosmologists that, that study this, the stars. And in those days, we have uh, two different fields today. We have astronomy and astrology. Astronomy, we associate with witchcraft. Astrology is the study of the stars and how they revolve around the, the sun and, and various things like that, how the universe is made up. In those days, they, they would have been one. But these men felt, felt it important enough when they saw this sign that they left and went to Jerusalem. This would be almost a thousand-mile journey. Think about it. We have people here this morning not with us because it was too cold. Imagine traveling a thousand miles. What, are you, what were the wise men hoping to get out of this? We come and we worship. Why? Because we receive salvation. The wise men that came and worshiped simply for the fact that they get to worship God himself. Amen? That's why we all should come. Because we get to worship God. Amen? But when we, we see these wise men, they, they, they first go to Jerusalem. And it says, King Herod heard about these wise men. And, and it, it, it alarmed him and all of Jerusalem. So I'd ask you the angel question. How many wise men showed up that night? There's three in my tie. The Bible does not say three. It says they offered three gifts. So I want you to think about Herod. You are, the, you are the king of Jerusalem. And some wise men have showed up. How many wise men does there have to be to make you scared? hundred? Now these wise men wouldn't have traveled alone either. Go ahead. Just one to make you scared? I believe that there was much more than one. I believe that there would have been a caravan and they would have had soldiers and they would have had servants. It would have been quite the spectacle to see this going on as this, this group comes from Persia into Jerusalem. And what, what is the first, the first words they say? What question are they asking the people? Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? So if you're here, you're hearing this. Not who, is, who has been born to be the next king. Who has been born to be the king? Now a little background on Herod. Herod is not a Jew. He has no right biblically to be ruling. He has been appointed by the Romans. He is not loved by his people. There were many attempts on his life. He was a man who was so paranoid, he had multiple wives and children put to death. He was so paranoid of it being dethroned. And we'll look at it a little bit later. Sometimes we, we see people that aren't, they aren't quite living right. They're, they're openly mocking God. And we often wonder... How long will they be allowed to go on mocking God in this way? Do not think because God does not strike a person down right then and there that, that God is being mocked or that God's justice is being perverted. Herod will get his in the end. He dies a most horrific death. Understand that God's, God's justice is in his time, not ours. So as, as we, we look at these individuals and they have this question put to them, where is he? Where is Jesus? Now this is, this is the irony. Herod gathers his wise men. He gathers his, his priests and, and the priests of the people that studied the word of God. He grabbed, it would have been equivalent to, to the mayor saying, okay, I want all the pastors to come tell me what this means. Where is the Messiah to be born? They don't have to study their scriptures and try to figure it out. They each know in Bethlehem of Judea. They, they each know. 
They know the king is to be born in Bethlehem. And they forgot so quickly the testimony of the shepherds? Or do they disregard it because they were shepherds? And now these wise men, these Gentile pagans, they would use the word infidel. These unbelievers have come to worship the king, our Messiah. So we then we naturally read about all these, these priests going down to Bethlehem to find him and worship him, right? They don't. People will hear the good news and they won't worship. That's not your fault. That is between them and God. But especially with Herod, I want us to see what, what does he do? Number one, he tries to keep it quiet. Do you try to keep your faith quiet? Wise men worship. Hypocrites, phonies. Those who are more worried about protecting their kingdom than worshiping the true king, like Herod did, <coughs> will keep their faith quiet. They'll keep it in a little box and don't tell the people the Messiah has been born. You are called to tell the people the Messiah has been born. You are called to tell the people that he has come and he's lived a perfect life and he's taken upon himself our sins and went to the cross and paid that penalty. Is now seated at the right hand of the Father and is coming soon. That is what scripture charges you, O Christian, with. Are we doing that? I pray that we are individually. And that we always will as a church. That is what we are required as Christians to do. If we don't do that, we need to look in the mirror and say, are we more like Herod than the wise men? Herod had all the knowledge. He was wealthy. He had everything a person could ever want. But yet he missed the most important thing in the history of the world. Imagine living in Jerusalem in those days. And you miss the fact that God's promised Messiah has been born. You missed it. You were living in the greatest moment in the history of the world. And what were you doing? What, were, what was Herod doing? What was the city doing? Why didn't they follow the wise men down and worship him? Maybe they were afraid of their life. They were afraid of Herod. There's been points in your life where it's not easy to worship Jesus. Where things are going rough in your life and you're trying to say, God, help me make sense of this. Or there's others around you ridiculing you at work and mocking you. So what? Is Christ not worth the ridicule? God will be with you. And he was with the wise men. Herod wanted to know where they, where they were going to go. He said, send word back to me so that I may come and worship him. And God reveals to the wise men, he has no desire to worship but to murder. He, he is one who is of Satan. And this, I think, is one of the, the great lessons in all of Scripture. We see Herod trying to protect his own throne, his own kingdom, his way of life, the, the sins that he has going on. He doesn't want to encounter the true God. So what does he do? He orders all of the male children, two years and under, to be executed, and they were. He saw somehow that he was going to outsmart God and kill God himself. And of course, what happens? We read in the, the text that Joseph receives a dream. And I think this is also a good point for us. I'll say this to the men. Men, whether you are doing it or not, you are the spiritual leaders in your homes. We see an angel visit Mary. And then how many times does the, the angel speak to Mary afterwards? Not a one. Why? Joseph is the spiritual leader in his family. He is the one charged with getting up out of Nazareth and going down to Egypt. 
He is the one charged to return from Egypt into Israel. And he is the one that is charged not to go to Jerusalem, but to Nazareth. Why? Because he is the spiritual leader. He is accountable for the spiritual sake of his household, as all the, are all the men here. Now, you may more forsake that, and your, your wife may try to make up for it. But it doesn't mean judgment is not going to occur with you. Understand clearly that as men, we are to be the judges, not the judges, but we are the ones to be judged for the spiritual lives of our family. We are to be the leaders. But we are, we are to be the spiritual leaders, and not just in our families, but in the church. This next year, I'm going to challenge you, especially the men, to stand up and be the godly leaders God is calling you to be. I commit to you as, as we look and many will make those New Year's resolutions. This year, besides just making the diet ones and you know the financial ones, whatever it may be, make a resolution to walk closer with the Lord this year. Amen. My, my resolution is, is from 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. May my walk be so close with Jesus that, that as we walk alongside each other, if you imitate me, you'll be imitating Christ. If your children are imitating you, and they do, make sure that they are imitating Christ. Amen. Not just a professor of Christ, but a believer. So I, I am going to challenge, like I said, especially all the men. We're going to go deeper. As we, we watched that video. There was many things I couldn't fit in that slide or didn't have pictures of. The, the outreach, the, the baseball game that we did, the men's and women's ministry that, that has been started. These are just the... The first fruits, the beginning of, of the, the ministries that will be here. That will mean as men, we have to get uncomfortable. We have to get out of our comfort zones and allow God to, to work on us. Become more than we are now. Walk closer with God. To really be Christian men. To lead as Joseph had to lead. We don't read much more about Joseph. We don't see the, the grand ending to his story. What do we know? Joseph is a believer. We will see him in glory. And I pray I'll be able to see all of all of us in glory. Does it doesn't mean Joseph didn't have a fancy title. You may never have the title of pastor or deacon. It does not mean you can't impact the kingdom of God here at New Hope just the same. Amen. My personal challenge to all the men is is live your lives to the same qualifications as the pastor and the deacons are called to live. But don't think that just because you don't have that title doesn't mean that God expects any less of you. God is calling us all to serve together, to be one body. And so I'm going to challenge us to do that this next year, to, to really get involved in this community, get involved in each other's lives. And there's times it, it, will, it will not be comfortable. There's times where we will, we will have to do things outside of that box of comfort we have. We have to get beyond the four walls of the church. There's times it will be messy, but God will get the glory. When, when we think about, about these passages, the good news of the gospel has been set before us. Will we be like the wise men and go forward and, and be willing to go to the feet of Jesus and offer him our all? It's not a sermon about tithing, but let me ask you a question. Do you give God your all? What, what did the wise men give? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Things that were very expensive. None of those things would have been cheap in those days. They're not cheap now. I want you to think about that. Are you giving God your best? 
Or do we give God our leftovers? If anything at all. I don't mean to beat you up about giving, but because it's a hard issue. I know some of us financially are able to give more than others, but that's not an indication of the heart. What do you bring at the feet of Jesus? What are, what are we bringing at, when we come to worship? Do we bring our service? Do we bring our faith? Do we bring our resources that he has blessed us with? Or are we really fooling ourselves when we come to church? We're not really worshiping. We are like the people in Jerusalem who heard that he has been born king of the Jews. They should have gone and they should have worshipped him. And so maybe, maybe there were some that said, well, I'll go next Sunday. Or the following Sunday. You know what happened? He was gone. He wasn't there to be worshipped. He was in Egypt. Understand clearly what Egypt means to the Jewish people. It is the place of slavery. Where he was. I want us to think about where we are as a people, as a church. And where we're going. There are better days ahead. But some of those days are going to be hard. And I'm going to, to ask all of us to, to stand up when those days get hard and be, be willing to sacrifice, not for our glory, not to be about us, but to be about God. To close, I want us to think, when, when we look ahead, we, we need to be like our Lord. Our Lord wasn't full of pride. He was humble. We need to be a humble people. When we sin, we need to repent. Just a moment, we're going to play that final song. If there's any sin in your life, come down and repent. If there's anyone here who has not yet made Jesus the Lord, come down and, and repent and have it be done today. And enter into the kingdom. Have that assurance that when that day comes where the Lord takes his church home, or when the day, day comes where it is your last, that you know where you're going. You know, I, I tear up when we, we saw Papa Tom's picture up there. I teared up as well. I know many of us did. But I have an absolute assurance and hope that I will see my deacon again. And I, I believe God will raise up other deacons from within this church body. I do. But I'm not going to look at people that, that tell me they want to be a deacon. I'm going to look at people that are being a deacon without the title. That's how you'll know God's hand is upon them. And there's others that may be trained up to be pastors here, or be missionaries, and be sent out. That is part of a healthy church. I desire to see that. But we, we have to be willing to let God use us. Are you willing? So I want you to think, as I close in prayer, those New Year's resolutions you're going to make, and I'm sure, like I said, many of us will make those the healthy ones, the ones that we need to change about our diet, myself included. It starts tomorrow, so I'm going to gorge today. <laughs> but more importantly, the spiritual ones. For whether we live a thousand years or one more day, the physical body will die. What about the soul? Do we long to walk closer with Jesus? I pray you do. That's why the wise men came, simply to be in God's presence, to worship him. To offer him gifts. They got nothing in return from what we see in scripture. Outside of the privilege of worshiping God. They, they were not given a, a sermon series. They, they were not told if they tithe so much that they'll, they'll, they'll 
they'll receive wealth. They were not told they'd be blessed for their journey. In fact, they're told they, they have to go back another way because of Herod. Their journey would have been long and hard. But as with all journeys that God gives, they are always worth it. I pray the journey you've been on with Christ has been worth it up to this point. I guarantee you, if you give your all to God, that it will be worth it. That 2018 will, could be a year where you look back and see the presence of God all over your life. Sometimes we look back at painful things, but we see God in them. Amen? We've been through some very painful moments this year, both as a church and as our individual families. I see God in those moments. Too, too often we, are, we, we tend to have this attitude when we go through this great storm, we know Christ is there with us in the storm, but we always want him to say, peace to that storm. You should look to Solomon. The wisest man ever to walk the earth. What, what did he do? He went through storms. Went some really severe storms in his life. He never asked to be delivered from the storm, but asked for wisdom on how, how to deal with the storm. I know many of you are going through storms. Many of you will go through storms this year. Understand that, that God is with you and that these storms help to grow you, your character into the one that God is desiring you to be. Without the storms, you would have no training for the ministry. It would be like a child trying to walk or run before it can walk. Or like somebody going through rehab thinking they're just going to get out of bed after surgery and start walking again. It doesn't work that way. We shouldn't expect our spiritual walk to be easy either. In fact, if, if you find your spiritual walk easy, come talk to me. Because we have a problem. Jesus said it's going to get harder. If they did this to, to the Son of Man, how much more will they do to you? Let us pray. Uh, Father, Lord Jesus, I give you thanks for this day. I give you thanks for all the blessings in our lives, Lord God. May we reflect on, on the blessings you've given us, Lord. And may we reflect as, as I have on, on where we've let you down. May we rise up and, and walk closer to you, Lord, and lead others in doing so. It's in your holy name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.